Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 23rd of January. India reported a little over 14,000 fresh COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours. The overall COVID tally of the country stood at the 1.06 crore or 10.6 million mark. 102 fresh fatalities were reported and the nationwide death toll stood at over 1,53,000. India has tested over 19 crore samples for the virus so far, of which 8.37 lakh were tested in the last 24 hours. The Union Health Ministry's data showed that more than 3 lakh people were vaccinated in a day for the first time yesterday. As many as 13,90,000 people have been inoculated since the drive began on the 16th of January. 2 million doses of Oxford AstraZeneca's Covishield vaccine being developed in India by the Serum Institute in Pune were flown to Brazil from Mumbai airport yesterday. Brazilian President Bolsonaro thanked Prime Minister Narendra Modi for the vaccines on Twitter. Another 2 million doses of Covishield were also sent to Morocco yesterday. Meanwhile, a 56-year-old healthcare worker who was administered the COVID vaccine was found dead at her residence in Gurgaon yesterday. However, health department officials have denied any links between her death and the vaccine. According to officials, the woman named Rajwanti was administered the Covishield vaccine on January 16 and had not reported any AEFIs or adverse effects following immunization. The healthcare worker's family, however, alleged that they suspect that the vaccine was the cause of her death. This is at least the fifth such incident where a person died shortly after being administered the vaccine shot since the drive began in the country. The farmers' agitation at the borders of Delhi is inching closer to its 60th day. The 11th round of talks that took place between the centre and the farmers yesterday ended with the centre making its final offer. The central government asserted that its proposal to suspend the laws for 1.5 years was the best it could offer. It added that the farmers could return for further talks if they reconsidered the offer. The hardening of the centre's stance was evident in yesterday's meeting when Union Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar expressed objection over the Samyukt Kisan Morcha's Thursday announcement that the farmers had rejected their offer. According to an Indian Express report, it was learned that the ministers had told the farmers that they should have communicated their response to the government first and not to the media. The report stated that Tomar and his colleagues Piyush Goyal and Som Prakash left the meeting after telling the farmer leaders to reconsider their offer. Tomer returned later and told the union leaders that they could discuss amongst themselves and let the centre know by Saturday. Emerging from yesterday's meeting, Tomer had said that some forces were not letting the issues get resolved. The farmer union leaders after the meeting said that the matter had ended in yet another deadlock with the centre maintaining its new offer and the farmers asserting their demand of rolling back the farm laws completely. Meanwhile, NDTV reported today that the farmers at the Singu border late evening yesterday claimed to have captured a man who said that he was part of a 10-member team trained to incite violence during the Republic Day tractor rally. The man also said that he was trained by a police official to disrupt the event on 26th of January. He has been handed over by the farmers to the Haryana police. The protesting farmers said that the man, said to be 21 years old, was part of a conspiracy to break up the ongoing agitation. At a press briefing held yesterday by the farmers at Singhu, the captured man told reporters, and I quote, Our plan was that on 26 January, from the first line, a gun will be fired when the Delhi police tries to stop the tractor rally. The orders are to first try and stop the farmers. If they don't stop, the orders are to fire them. Unquote. 
He said further, and I quote, On 24th, the plan is to shoot at the four people on stage. We were trained by Pradeep Singh. He is the police SHO, meaning station house officer of Rai Station. Whenever he came to meet us, he would be wearing a mask. Unquote. According to the NDTV report, the SHO of Rai Police Station, however, is Vivek Malik and no one named Pradeep is posted there. SHO Vivek Malik said that he was surprised to hear the man's claims at the press briefing. The unnamed man at the briefing also said that there were nine others, including two women who were part of the team meant to incite clashes at the tractor rally. The man also said that he did not know the names of his other team members. He is currently being questioned by the Sonipat police and an official said that the man is not carrying any arms and so far no leads of a conspiracy have been found. Dear listeners, a lot has happened in the two months since the farmers arrived at the borders of the national capital. 11 rounds of talks with the centre, hunger strikes, controversies, Supreme Court orders and a lot more. And notably, the protests did not just start when the farmers reached Delhi. In fact, they go back to the time when the laws were introduced in the form of bills into the parliament. With a multitude of stories coming from across the country during the course of the protest, it can get a bit hard to keep track of all the developments at the farmers' agitation. So my colleague Nidhi Suresh has pieced together the sequence of events that occurred over the last two months and what led to the farmers' plans for Republic Day. You can catch up with all of that information with Nidhi's quick explainer video. It is titled, Explained, Two Months On What Is Happening At The Farmers' Protest. You'll find the video on our YouTube channel or on our website newslaundry.com. And while you're on newslaundry.com, you'll also find our complete coverage of the farmers' protests since the day they started. There are several stories by our dedicated reporters in the forms of interviews, video reports, explainers, ground reports, podcasts and a lot more. I'd like to point out that we were able to get these reports from the farmers' protest because the farmers opened up to us about their concerns and their plans, unlike a section of the national media which they boycotted for maligning them. These are the kind of important stories that independent media can bring out. News Laundry is one such independent news platform that runs solely on the support of its precious subscribers. Zero advertisements. The lowest subscription plan starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Ahead of the Prime Minister's visit to Assam, the state's police yesterday lati-charged activists of the All Assam Students' Union or ASU at a protest rally in Tezpur against the centre's controversial Citizenship Amendment Act or CAA. The rally held by students turned violent when the police charged the protesters with batons. The police also detained several activists of the union from multiple districts of Assam. ASU condemned the police crackdown and announced a shutdown in Sonitpur district scheduled for today. The students' body had called for a three-day protest in the state against the CAA ahead of the Prime Minister Narendra Modi's and Union Minister Amit Shah's visit to Assam over the weekend. The police blocked a massive torch rally in Guwahati yesterday. Tension also prevailed in Shiv Sagar and Thekiajuli cities where smaller rallies were held. ASU's president Dipankar Nath said that they would not rest until CAA was repealed. Besides, ASU General Secretary Shankar Jyoti Barwa added and I quote, Modi is coming to make false promises to Assamese people again before the assembly poll. We oppose the visit and centre's forcible enactment of the CAA. We were carrying our peaceful protest but the police restricted us from exercising our democratic rights. Unquote. Prime Minister Modi was scheduled to address a public rally in Shivsagar district today. He is also scheduled to distribute land allotment certificates to over 1 lakh landless people in the state. 
The Citizenship Amendment Act, approved by the Parliament on 11th of December 2019, provides citizenship to refugees from six religious minorities from Bangladesh, Afghanistan and Pakistan. According to the Act, the refugees would get Indian citizenship on the condition that they had lived in India for six years and had entered the country by December 31st, 2014. Ever since, the Act has been widely criticised for excluding the Muslim community. Massive protests were seen countrywide since the approval of the Act. Dear listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news story contains graphic details of sexual violence. Three women aged 18, 19 and 20 in Chhattisgarh's Bilaspur had alleged this week that the staff of an NGO called Shiv Mangal Shikshan Samiti, which runs the Ujwala Shelter Home, mistreated and sexually abused them. The Indian Express reported that the three women had also alleged that the staff of the Ujwala Home were running a sex racket. Ujwala is a sub-scheme of the central government-sponsored umbrella scheme called Protection and Empowerment of Women, which falls under the Ministry of Women and Child Development. The three women and their families had approached the police but were allegedly threatened and abused. Their medical examinations had also not been conducted till three days after the FIR was registered on 17th of January. The women in their application to the Bilaspur Range Inspector General had mentioned instances of physical and sexual abuse along with intimidation and demands for money by the staff of the Ujwala Home. According to the Bilaspur Police Superintendent, the statements of the women were recorded in front of the District Magistrate on Thursday. While making the statement, one of the women had alleged that she was raped by Jitendra Maurya, the president of the NGO that runs the shelter home. The 18-year-old was living at the home for a month before she managed to escape with two other women, one aged 20 and the other 19. She told the Indian Express, and I quote, The women's staff beat me up and locked me in a room where Maurya forced himself on me. He would threaten to do it again every time I tried to run or alert someone. They wouldn't allow me to speak to my family as well. Unquote. The other woman, aged 19, added that they would be given medication that would put them to sleep. 50-year-old Maurya was arrested by the police late evening on Thursday. The police said that charges pertaining to rape, assault and criminal conspiracy were then added to the FIR and the women were sent for medical examination after their statements were recorded before the DM. Later, officials of the State Women and Child Development Department said that the seven other women who stayed at the home had been sent to their families or accommodated in other shelters for women. In the aftermath of the disclosure, the Women's Department yesterday recommended to the centre that the Ujwala home in Bilaspur should be shut down. The Jammu and Kashmir government has extended the ban on high-speed mobile data services except in Ganderbal and Udhampur districts till February 6th. Internet speed will be restricted to 2G in the rest of the Union territory. The Home Department said that the restrictions have been placed, and I quote, in view of the well-founded apprehensions about dissemination of inflammatory and seditious propaganda material, unquote. It said that adequate access to the internet through broadband services over landline has been allowed. The administration highlighted that the reports of the law enforcement agencies indicate that these restrictions have helped to keep in check, and I quote, the nefarious designs of the radical and terrorist organizations operating in Jammu and Kashmir to misguide, provoke and incite the youth in furthering their anti-India agenda since regulation of high-speed mobile internet prevents easy streaming dissemination downloading of such material videos, unquote. Internet services were cut off in Jammu and Kashmir on 5th of August 2019, hours before the centre revoked Article 370 of the Constitution and split the state into union territories of Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. Low-speed or 2G internet service on mobile phones was restored on January 25, 2020. 
However, outages continue to be imposed regularly amid the complete ban on 4G internet. The ban on high-speed internet has been widely criticized and has caused serious impediments to healthcare and education in the region, especially in times like this when we are in the middle of a pandemic. Amnesty International India last year had urged the government of the Union Territory to restore uninterrupted 4G internet services in order to ensure that people have access to health and safety-related information. However, in September last year, the government of India had frozen the organization's bank accounts, forcing it to stop its work in the country. And now for some international coronavirus updates. COVID-19 has infected more than 98.2 million people around the world. More than 2.1 million people out of these have succumbed to the virus and 54.1 million have recovered. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said yesterday that the new UK variant of COVID-19 may be 30% more deadly. He also warned of stricter travel curbs and continued lockdown measures while the infection rate remains forbiddingly high in the country. Killing people's hope that the mutant variant may be less lethal with time, researchers of the government's advisory group concluded that it may increase the death rate by 30 to 40 percent. American pharma firm Pfizer announced yesterday that it will supply up to 40 million vaccine doses to poorer nations on a not-for-profit basis. This would be through the World Health Organization's COVAX program. Russia, meanwhile, said today that it had signed an agreement with Turkey on the production of Russia's Sputnik V vaccine against COVID-19. The deal was made through the Russian Sovereign Wealth Fund called RDIF. RDIF added that it had begun transferring production technology to Turkey. So far, RDIF has also signed deals to produce Sputnik V with manufacturers in South Korea, China, India, Brazil, Belarus and Kazakhstan. In Hong Kong, thousands of residents entered a government-enforced lockdown today to contain a worsening outbreak of COVID-19. This is the first such measure that Hong Kong has taken since the beginning of the pandemic. Hong Kong has been dealing with a fresh wave of COVID-19 since November. More than 4,300 cases have been recorded in the last two months, which make up for nearly 40% of the city's total. Meanwhile, Belgium is set to put a ban on non-essential travel in and out of the country from Wednesday until 1st of March amid concerns over the spread of the mutant variants of coronavirus. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. In the latest episode of News Laundry Hafta, one of the topics that the panel discussed were the Arnab Partho WhatsApp chats. Here is a short clip from the podcast. I was really blown away with, with the obsession, one for one. Like he, every other chat is about how we did this at 12 o'clock and Aastak did it at 1.15 and we were there 20 minutes before. How can Aastak? I mean, he's, he's, an, he's obsessed with this numbers thing, which I guess, which is why I guess he's in the game and he's been in the game for so long. But what has really struck me is A, how a person who's made his career out of trashing Latians media. I mean, this is the guy, he's the face of the opposition against Latians media. Every chat of his, you know, I'm meeting the PMO, I'm meeting uh, Doval, I'm meeting Rajavardhan Rathod. Tell me what you want me to tell him. I'll put it in his ear. I'll explain to them or it'll be taken care of. Here's a government who hasn't given a press conference since they've come to power. But somehow the PMO has so much time for Arnab, or at least Arnab is claiming so. That he's meeting the PMO every he's other meeting week. Doval. And uh, Rajavardhan Rathor, I mean, this is something that we've reported on. We know that there was a complaint. We know that uh, ministry sought responses from Z and Republic. No one replied. And the complaint got buried. And Arnab says in his chats that uh, Rathor has told me he's setting it aside. And this is not just a complaint. It's 52 
crore rupees that costs that is taxpayers money exchequer there's yeah. a loss to exchequer basically there's loss to an exchequer which you again have the inb you know an mos in the inb saying that we're going to set it aside so i mean this is the new latins delhi or latins media and people have to see this now to listen to the complete episode head to our website newslaundry.com that's all for today have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from see you tomorrow all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel 